0: Thank you Fiona and uh, hello everybody. I just had such a sense when we were singing I need thee, oh I need thee that Father God was saying to us, I know and I'm here and I love you. That's just touched my heart so thank you Father, he's here with us. Well when I was given the title tonight about God being at work around us Lots of thoughts came to my mind about what he's doing round about me in my family, in my home. But there was one picture that came to me, something that happened to me when I was teaching and I couldn't get it out of my mind. So I think this is maybe what God wants me to say tonight. And um, it's a memory of an experience I had in my latter years of teaching. Uh, My last three years of teaching, I was in special needs and I had five children Age seven to nine. And uh, one, one of the children had cerebral palsy, one had complex learning difficulties, and three children had autism. And people used to say, Oh, you're now in special needs. That's really, really hard. And I, I used to say, I don't find it hard, not the teaching. What's hard is the connection, making connections with these children. And one little boy called Duncan was the hardest because he was severely autistic, and he couldn't communicate at all with me. And for a long time, he couldn't even make eye contact. And so that was quite hard. But one day, about six months into my first year there, I was sitting on a cushion with one of the children, and I felt... Sorry. I felt two arms slide round my neck two little arms sliding under my neck, and a little head on my shoulder. And it was Duncan. And um, I realised that connection had been made. And that he actually loved me, and trusted me, and accepted me. I was now part of his life. And it was a wonderful moment, for which I'm very grateful to God. A few days later, the artistic specialist came to the school. And I was so excited about Duncan's progress. And I blurted out, oh, you'll never guess what Duncan did the other day. He threw his arms around me and he cuddled me. And she said, oh, oh, no, no. And I said, what? She said, the circle of trust, Janice, the circle of trust. I said, I've never heard of it. (laughs) So she she sent me the circle of trust and Clayton's going to show us this. And the circle of trust is this, it's something especially for special needs children, but for all children, and it's who a child should trust and what kind of trust they should have. So there's the child in the middle, and the people he should trust most are mum, dad, his family, maybe his sister Edie, and then comes grandma and the next one, sorry grandmas, grandma and the next one, grandpa and auntie Jo and the extended family. And then outside comes the kids in his class, acquaintances, my footy team if you play football, and then out it goes to the occupational therapist, the GP, the professionals, I suppose that's the teachers, and outside strangers. Now, I suppose you can understand that circle of trust, but sadly, in this world, it doesn't work. At least I don't think it does. Because how many people do we know have been hurt Or worse than that, by their family, the very people they love most and trust most. And how many children have been blessed most by some professional or some brownie leader or somebody who just seems to have understood them. So in a way, I can understand this. The child's got to be safe, and it's all about safety. But it loses the spontaneity of love, and I think that's so sad. But looking at this trust picture I wondered where would you honestly put God on that circle of trust would you put him quite close as close as your family or maybe on the periphery where exactly would you put God if you had to write God's name in where would you put it And I think if we're really honest about that, we would want to say, oh, right beside family, in front in fact in front of family, but day by day, are we really honest? Do we sometimes hold him far away? And the other thing about the circle of trust, the idea is that those who are closest to the child can give them a kiss and a hug, and those on the outside can do with a handshake or a wave. But that's different with God, isn't it? We can come right into God's presence. We can have a handshake, we can have a hug, we can have a kiss because God's love is what we need. And so I drew this little circle because this is me or you in the middle and I think God was saying to me he wants a whole circle all to himself and he wants it to be before the mum, dad and family. He wants to be the one right close to us. Sorry. So I think that God wants a circle all to himself for three reasons. First of all, because he made us, he's acquainted with all our ways, he knows our every thought, and he knows the depth of our need to be accepted and approved and loved, no matter what state we're in, on our bad days as much as on our good days. And his unconditional love is the only love that will manage that. Even the best love that we have is not always unconditional. So first of all, I think that's why he wants to be in the whole of this circle. Secondly, because he knows that the kingdom of the world will fail us. It's a broken kingdom, and much as we we may want to love our family, I'm a mum and I love my family to bits, but boy, have I made mistakes. I haven't meant to. I haven't done it the right way all the time, but I love them. But God doesn't make mistakes. And the third reason that God wants this whole circle to himself is because he's a jealous God. He's jealous over you and me. We are his prized possession. We are the apple of his eye. He loves us with an unfailing love. And God says, not only can I be trusted, but I am very close. If we can picture, get an idea that God is so close. He's closer than our family. He's close right beside us. We're in his presence, inside his hand. He's all around us. And Jesus said that he was closer than a brother. And he also said, if you don't hate mother, father, brother, sister, and come after me, you cannot be my disciple. So he is closer than a brother, and he wants us, he wants us to have him as our first love. Sorry, going to my second sheet. Now I want Tony to come, and Tony's going to read for us Psalm 139. And what I want us to do as he reads Psalm 139 is... To think about where God says he is in relation to us. Think about the prepositions. Think about where he says he is in relation to us daily. Thank you, Tony. Psalm
1: 139, verses 1 to 18 and 23 to 24. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. In the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Thank you very much, Tony, for that lovely reading of the psalm. (coughs) Now, I'm no artist, And I'm not good in technology, but I was a primary teacher, as you can see. (laughs) And I know you'll not see it at the back, Ms. Angus has told me that. But this is my very, very simple uh, rendering of that psalm put onto this paper plate. Here I am in the middle, me, and here is God all around me, all taken from that psalm. And I could hardly get all the words in. On the paper plate but I didn't want to try anything harder. So round here we've got God's with me when I sit, when I stand, when I'm asleep, when I'm awake, in the dark, in the light. He's with me at the North Pole, he's with me at the South Pole, East and West. When I go in, when I go out, he hems me in behind and before. That's a lovely picture, isn't it? Some of the other translations say he encompasses me or he, ent- he surrounds me with his love, just leaving nothing out. He's above the heavens. If we go above the heavens, I don't know, I've never been heavenly, but I've been above the clouds in an aeroplane and wow, it's wonderful, isn't it? So sunny up there. And you get a better perspective in life when you're up there. Everything keeps, seems clearer. So he's there when you're above the heavens. He's there in the depths. Some of us have been in the depths of despair and darkness. He's there. He's where the dawn is. If we travel east, I don't know if Congo's east or south or what it is in relation to Britain, but anyway, he's there in the Congo. He's over in the States. My daughter was over in the States recently. She found God there and God's people there. There is nowhere we can go to escape his presence. So I hope that shows somehow what Psalm 139 showed. And I wonder whether reading that psalm and thinking about how close God is to us are we able to trust him a wee bit more? Could we put him here rather than on the periphery? The scriptures also say in Psalms that he is at a right hand. That's a place of protection and a place of, of defence. And it's also a place of honour. So I wonder, has your circle become a little bit more... Of God, is he in a bit more? Do you recognize how much closer he is than you dared believe? It's interesting. We've just had a little baby come into our home, a little grandson we're hoping will be able to be adopted soon. And um, he's a tiny little thing. And when we first saw him, He had a tiny little body and great big long chicken-like legs which were all curled up like that. And I just thought, wow, how are you going to get those legs to come down, Kirsten? (laughs) They just seem to be stuck up like this. And it made me really aware of a baby in the womb and how utterly protected the baby is. Everything within that womb nourishes him, protects him, feeds him. He's completely safe in there. And God said in that psalm, he saw our frame when we were hidden, when we were being formed in the womb. And there was that wonderful circle of protection around us. Oh. I think there is still that wonderful circle of protection around us. It's not a womb anymore, but it's God's presence. And I like to think it's still there. He still knows our frame. He still knows what's gone on in our lives. He now sees all the brokenness and he's round us and he wants to protect us and love us and care for us. And he longs for us to trust him more and more. David the Psalmist was a shepherd. He was a king, he was adulterer and a murderer, but he said, I have set the Lord before me Set in Greek, apparently, means to be mindful of one always, to keep one before our eyes. And he encourages us to do that, to set God before us, to keep him in our mind's eye, to recognise his nearness to us. David says he would not be shaken, he would not totter, he would not get agitated, he would not get disturbed God's continual presence would surround him and protect him. Now we're just going to listen to a well-known hymn, well song anyway, You Are My Hiding Place. And I want you just to meditate on the words and meditate on some of these images that perhaps God's giving you of being hidden in that hidden place with the Lord. Let's just for a short time listen to this and meditate on it. Thank you, Clayton. So, what difference does this illustration make of our position? I just jotted down three things that came to me. The nearer, the closer we recognise God to be. The nearer and the closer we keep him and put our trust in him, the more we will see God at work around us. The more we're likely to hear his voice, to hear his gentle whisper. The more we're likely to recognise his involvement. The more we're likely to be arrested by a word or a phrase or a song or something somebody says. The more we're likely to be aware of the coincidences of our life. Secondly, the nearer we recognise him to be, the more we will recognise that God is sovereign and that nothing can touch us that doesn't first come through him. And I was thinking very much about Joseph in this regard. Joseph had a really hard time, didn't he, with those brothers of his? Throwing him into a pit, allowing slaves to take him to Egypt, But God showed him his favour. God hadn't left him. God was still with him. First of all, he went into Potiphar's house and that was great for a while. Then things went wrong and you thought, well, God. But he went into prison and again, God showed him favour in prison. And you'll remember that when his brothers finally come and before him and recognise who he is, he says to them, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And I wondered at what point did he recognize that truth? Was it only that moment when the brothers were before him? Or even in prison, did he maybe recognize? No, God is still with me, God is still around me. God still I like to think he knew it in prison. And I'd like to think that. Rather than, in hindsight, I can look back and say, you meant no harm, you meant it for my good, whatever the situation. I'd like to be able to say that in the next trial, not at the end of it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would show trust in God. God goes before us one step ahead. No matter what mountain, no journey or uncertainty, he sees our way. He knows the challenges and the obstacles ahead. And he is all round about us. He doesn't go away and leave us on our own. And thirdly, the third point I just want to finish with is we are in Christ. We are in Christ facing the world. We are in Christ meeting those around us. We are living our lives out from a place of dwelling in Christ. We are ministering from a place of being in Christ. And lives around us will be touched not by us, but by Christ in us. I just want to finish by reading a passage in Isaiah 41. Excuse me. Sorry. (laughs) Too much weeping. Uh, Isaiah 41. And it's verse uh, 9, no, verse 8 to 10. But you, O Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you, descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its furthest corners I called you. I said, you... my servant i have chosen you and have not rejected you so do not fear for i am with you do not be dismayed for i am your god i will strengthen you and help you i will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise. Will we believe it? Will we stand on it? And will our trust and faith in God delight his heart this week? May it be so. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Janice. Perhaps a moment just of quiet where we each of us respond to what we've heard from God's word.